Welcome into the Off the Post podcast. I'm Nick Devayan with my co-host Lucas Tashi. Today we're going to be talking about the Champions League. The second half of the round of 16 fixtures are in. We're halfway through. So we're going to recap that. We're going to talk about what we expect for the upcoming legs. We're going to talk some Europa League, some upcoming fixtures, and then we're going to finish with our bets of the week. We hope you guys enjoy the episode. Welcome in, everybody. How's it going, Lucas? Uh, it's going great. Um, I don't even know what to say because there's literally been so much soccer going on. And uh, in my head, I'm still thinking about the United game from yesterday against Atleti in the Champions League. And, I mean, just one one goal just changed everything. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's just uh, my uh, – usually when it comes to United games this season especially, I've just been, like, so lackadaisical. I'm like, man – I don't really want to watch her. I'm going to be tortured. The first half, it felt that way. And then second half, for some reason, I just got so into it. I don't know, man. It was just, it was, it was a crazy game to me to watch. I don't know how it was for somebody who isn't supportive of either team to watch that game. But for me, it was just like, it was heart, not heartbreaking, but it was just like so much on my heart. So much anxiety, right? Yes, it was exactly. Like, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, like how sometimes you get this feeling when you're you're just like talking you start talking to a girl, but you're not sure if she like likes you like that. You know what I mean? Like that's the feeling you had. You weren't sure if Manchester United still loved you like you loved them. And you were just spending this game trying to figure it out. Exactly. Exactly. But that man, what a tough game that was. I don't know if you watched it, but Atleti is like they're they're pieces of shit. Excuse my language. They are scrappy as hell. Like, they really never let anybody touch the ball, have control of the game. Whenever Bruno, Pogba, Sancho, whenever they had the ball, Atleti player was right on them. It was like, I've never seen anything like that before. They had so much energy. And this is Simeone ball. That's how he teaches his players to play. They're the most, uh, I mean, listen, like, there are definitely teams more talented. But if you were to take... uh, a team uh, from like Spain to represent them in the Premier League for his season and in terms of playing style and physicality. Uh, Atletico Madrid is definitely that team. They yeah. are, they play like, I mean, listen, like I'm not saying they would win the title, but they play like a Premier League team sort of in La Liga where they're super physical, super on top of you, like in your face all the time. And I mean, they, they played like pretty well, right? They played exactly how they needed to play, and it frustrates the opposition. Uh-huh. And when they take their chances, normally what ends up happening is they'll score, right? And then the pressure will be on the other team to to break them down, and then they smash them on the counterattack. In the case of United, I mean, very impressive uh, for them to get the result that they did with the draw. They, yeah. You guys, like, when we were talking about, you know, how how like Greenwood, you know, is going through all the horrible things he did and paying for it. Uh, you guys won't miss him because you have uh, another up and coming player in uh, Anthony Alanga, who is kind of coming on uh, and coming into his own. It's actually quite funny that you mentioned his name. I mean, yes, of course, he was the goal scorer. He was really important in the in the game in terms of him coming off the bench and getting that equalizer. But with him, it's a funny story because before Rangnick joined, he had asked the club to go out on loan. 
He just wanted more playing time. Ole wasn't giving him playing time. And Ragnick saw one training session with him. He's like, who is this kid? And he went back home and he watched YouTube videos of Anthony Alenga. And you can see now why he likes him a lot. He is so energized. And in the post-game conference, uh, Ralph had said, he's like, Alenga is a role model or players should look at Alenga to see how they should perform because he does not stop fighting. He does not stop running. His work ethic is so strong, so high. That's the player that you need, especially against a tough opposition like Atletico Madrid. But, I mean, to start off the game, first half, it was abysmal for United. Abysmal. Like, they weren't playing well whatsoever. Atleti had a strong start. Um, and then once Atleti, Joao Felix scored that goal, they stopped. They they pulled back. It was the Diego Simeone uh, tactics where essentially they were just trying to get a 1-0, uh, 1-0 victory. And in the Champions League, that's not the case. If, it, if they had gone and tried to score more, could have easily, easily been 4 nothing in the halftime, in my opinion. It was just uh, not smart from Atleti to do that. But at the end of the day, as the United fan going to the Wanda, I am very happy with the 1-1 draw. Yeah, I, I mean, if I was you, I would also be, uh, excuse me for smiling. I just saw that Arsenal scored in the 95th minute. Uh, so to come back and, and be up 2-1, this game's basically over. Super impressive. Uh, wow. Yeah, wow. crazy. Going back to what you said, right? Like, this is the type of result where... Uh, you're, if you're a United fan, you're not deterred and you feel optimistic going back to Old Trafford. You have a chance, right? And like, that's all you really wanted uh, looking back and the first fixture being at Atletico Madrid, right? Even if you were down uh, one nothing, it's not a bad position to be in, right? Because you have still your home leg to go. Um, but at the flip side, being there 1-1, you know, you basically go into this final game being like, we're at home. We're, we're tied. We just have to win this game to move, exactly. forward, to move forward. So the advantage is with Manchester United in uh, this fixture currently. 100%. 100%. But that wait, going back, that's crazy. Arsenal scored in the 90th minute. Who scored? Uh, Lacazette. Wow. So you have Pepe scoring in the 82nd and then Lacazette in the 95th. Uh, this is massive. If this result holds, super massive for them because they go up to 45. They they end up a point behind United with two games in hand, which is, you know, f- phenomenal position for them to be in. Wow. Yeah. But I don't want to take away from from the Champions League topic, right, Lucas? Okay. So, yeah. So that's that's definitely the result uh, and like the most anticipated match of this week for the Champions League. I mean the 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 Chelsea beating Lil like we already predicted that to be correct. We predicted that. Uh, Benfica Ajax ending in two two. Uh, Sebastian Holler give it and Sebastian Holler take it away is literally how this ended up happening. He scores an own goal. And, and like honestly, like I didn't catch this game. I didn't watch the highlights, but when I saw that, I I was like kind of blown away. You know. He scores the own goal to tie it, then scores the 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 winning goal, uh, or not the winning goal, the goal to take him to the lead before uh, Benfica score 
near the second half, near the end of the second half to uh, to take it to a draw. So I kind of feel like the story of this game, right, is just that Ajax dominate possession. They they ended up doing exactly the same thing that United did, right? That we yeah. favor we favor them to overall go through uh, despite mm-hmm. drawing, and then they also have the return fixture at home where there is no away goals rule. Yeah, so I was checking Twitter and checking the timeline, and uh, I saw that uh, Ajax was really, as you mentioned, they did have the possession. They had the they dominated the game, but they couldn't close it out. They couldn't finish it. They weren't clinical enough. Um, as you can see, they had eight shots on target and only two goals. That's uh, not good whatsoever. Uh, and I saw that they pretty much laid back in that second half. Um, they were trying to get a 2-1 uh, victory, similar to how Atletico was trying to get a 1-0 victory. Uh, and it, in the Champions League, you got to be clinical. You have to try to get those goals because any goal counts, especially and not necessarily for uh, away goals. But if you have a 2-0 victory uh, lead in the Champions League or not even a, a two-goal lead in the Champions League, you're in a prime position. Like, especially co- going back to home, like you are golden, in my opinion. So uh, it could have ended differently, but Benfica. 2-2 uh, to draw it. I mean, they're still in it at this point. But like you said, we both fully expect them to move on uh, and advance into the next round. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think I think we're pretty aligned, right, with Ajax and Chelsea. Uh, we both still probably think that, that uh, Juventus goes through, right? Because it's the same situation. You have Lehovic scoring literally his first Champions League goal. Yeah. And- his league debut in the first minute. Uh, I, I don't know if that breaks a record, right? But I just think that in terms of this game, this was the most kind of lackadaisical game, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, McKinney injures himself, right? So that puts them in a bad position. Juventus is in a bad position at the, the return fixture, but they do have Zakaria. He'll probably fill that role in uh, the game at Juventus's home stadium. So uh, I've I feel like we're looking at like the tale of like, you know, the same story with these three games. The team, the three teams that end up being away, they end in a draw, and they go back home where they have a massive advantage in the second leg. Yeah, a hundred percent. Actually, I, I didn't even think about that until you actually said it. But yeah, all three away teams getting a draw, they're in really good position right now. But I, I would say. Is the one that they should have won, um, and especially being up one nil so early on away against Villarreal, who haven't been good in the league, they should have put away more chances. Realistically, uh, they should have been more comfortable. Um, they only, to be honest, looking at the stat line, Villarreal dominated this game. Uh, possession, yes. Possession, possession wise, yes. yes. Shots, shots on target, pretty much everything. They dominated. They had they had the control of the game, uh, and it's it's crazy to see, especially because they haven't been good in the league. But I guess in in the Champions League they've been pretty strong, um, and especially with Juve being in the form that they're in, you would have expected them to go on and win. But I mean that's uh, that wasn't the case. One one still favor Juve to go on for sure. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I mean, we don't have to get too much into the Chelsea game, right? Because they did yeah. what we expected them to do. 
I do have a question for you going to the return leg, right? Because I believe, uh, I believe starting really March 8th, like we're going to have a little bit of a break here with the Champions League. We just got it back, right? And now we're losing it for, right? for like a couple of weeks. But looking at the the return fixtures, right? I think last week we said that like Real Madrid would be the most likely to to come back. In this situation, right? You have these three of these teams ending in a, in a draw, whereas Chelsea Chelsea wins and we we favor Chelsea to continue to win, so we're not even considering them as an option. But which of these teams do you think that is going uh, away from home in the return fixture? is the one that's going to come away for with a win because I don't think all the home teams are going to go through here, right? So do you think Benfica, Atletico Madrid, or Villarreal are going to be – which of these three is the most likely to, to go through? Atletico Madrid, in my opinion. Um, not because they're uh, away – not because their form is not the best, but I can see Atletico Madrid just – doing the same tactics as they did uh, this week against United and pressuring the team and realizing the mistakes that they made and they should have gone to score more goals. I can see them changing it up and improving in the second leg, whereas Villarreal, I I don't really expect them to move on. Uh, Benfica, I can see moving on, but Ajax at home uh, with Eric Ten Hag I fully expect IX to move on, but uh, the teams that the two teams that really are the most evenly matched are United and Atleti, and I can see it edging out towards Atleti. What about you? I would agree with you. I probably lean more towards. I mean, listen, Benfica IX uh, is like you expect IX to be to be the team that beats them, right? They're just the better team. But I just feel like uh, I feel like the gap between Benfica and Ajax in terms of squad talent isn't as big as people would think. So, and I just feel like just gut feeling, like I just want to do something different than you. And I'm so I'm just gonna say that Benfica, yeah. Benfica here uh, would be the pick of the three. Atletico has been so disappointing this season. I like don't know uh, what's really going on with them. I I just feel like. Either of these teams that go through, and I, I don't want to make this like a bag on Atletico Madrid or Manchester United here, but I feel like either of these teams that go through, uh, the next fixture for them is going to be so tough, no matter who they draw. So, so I'm I'm just curious to see to see what happens here, right? Because if you if you're thinking about the teams that we predict at advance, right? Manchester City, Liverpool, yeah. Bayern. Either PSG or Real Madrid, right? Either either of them who are like one of the three or four favorites to win it. Chelsea, and then let's say Juventus and Ajax, right? Manchester United possibly could end up uh, playing, you know, like the odds of them getting either Ajax or Juventus are very small. So, and same thing with Atletico Madrid. So the chances of them drawing a difficult fixture in the next round is super high, right? Yeah. Which means that uh, you would probably just think that like any of these teams would really, they would really just be a one and done. But like we said, the the way that the bracket plays out after this next draw, the quarterfinal draw, it really is going to determine who the, the actual winner is. Because who knows if Manchester United has like Ajax and Juventus in the next two rounds, right? You're looking at them being in the final. 
Yeah, hundred uh, percent. So, 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 you know, at the same time, the the quarterfinal draw really dictates everything here. And to be honest, I can also see United beating Chelsea. Uh, if if we're just really calling out the teams that they can beat, I can see Atletico beating Chelsea too. I think. Um, that's- yeah, I think Chelsea is probably the worst of the rest of the four. But I mean, yeah, it's more likely that they'll be one and done with Ajax Juve being the most likely to be uh, the poor uh, lower sides. Uh, I had a question that I was going to ask you, actually, and it just slipped my mind. But let me think about it. Let me think about it and I'll, and I'll get back to you. Um, okay. You go ahead. Okay. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm pretty good here with the Champions League. I do want to go on to the, uh, the Europa League, if you don't mind. If that's okay. Sounds good. Let's do it. Let's do it. If I, I'm telling you now, if I remember the question, I'm going to interrupt you and I'm going to ask you that question. Okay. No problem. Okay. Totally cool with it. Uh, all right. right. I'm just going to go into who advances where, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it appears that, uh, you know, we're in the 90th minute for four games, right? Uh, except for Braga Sheriff, the results, uh, and, you know, possibly Badis Zenit, the results are pretty set here. You have Atalanta going through, right? They win uh, 3-0, so they win 5-1 on aggregate. Porto goes through here against Lazio, which is a great result for Porto. Uh, Sevilla, <laughs> Sevilla loses the game against Zagreb, but moves on. And, you know, it's crazy. Like, this guy, Mislav Orsic, scores again. Uh, and I just say it's crazy. Like, every time you look at a European fixture, he's on, his name's on there, right? So... We have uh, we have Atalanta, Sevilla, Porto, RB Leipzig, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Barcelona, and then uh, either Braga or Sheriff, right? Braga probably will be the one favored right now because they're winning two nothing, right? Uh, so they have the momentum in this fixture. Then we have Rangers advancing, right, beating Dortmund because they're tied two two, and then as that was of, a shock, man. Yeah, as of right now, we have Real Betis. Also uh, advancing through because it's zero zero currently against Zenit. So, with that being said, right, Lucas? Uh, I mean, Dorman going out is such a shocker. Yeah, dude, I never would have expected Dorman to go out, especially no. against Rangers. Uh, like losing four two at home to Rangers is brutal. Like you. Wouldn't you would have never expected that scoreline at Dortmund, especially coming off? Well, no, Let, let's say two things about this. That scoreline 4 2 at Dortmund. Dortmund went on to beat München Gladbach 6 nothing over the weekend, which I bet and I lost. And now Dortmund are tied 2 2 to Rangers. Like, yeah. what is going on? They're so like up and down, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and I mean, listen, like Rangers is is a better team than you would think, right? Better team than you would think. Yeah. And, and you know, seeing that, like, seeing that with them, it's just so kind of like disappointing. Uh, this this result kind of really changes the way we look at who the favorites are, right? Like, I look, yeah. I look at this game, and honestly, like the four teams that pop out of my head from these fixtures are. Real Betis, Barcelona, Sevilla, and Atalanta. Wait, Nick, Nick, I remember my question. Okay, going back to the Champions League. I'm literally interrupting you. I'm sorry. Uh, Go going back to the Champions League, in the following round, 
can teams from the same league play each other? Oh, I know I'll, in the round of 16, they cannot. But can I teams in this... They can. They can. Um, I'm pretty sure they can. So that's why, that's why it changes, right? I don't, think it's the sa- I don't think it's the group stage in the round of 16. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, so because I remember seeing, like, Chelsea Liverpool in the quarterfinals. Okay, uh, all right. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So, so I'll have to double check that, but, but like, uh, but I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that's the case. I'm pretty sure they can play each other in, in the quarterfinals. Okay. Sounds good. Because I wanted to bring up that United could play Chelsea. And if that happens, I can see United winning, but let's go back to Europa League. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, what was, what was the question? Oh yeah. Atalanta, right? Real Betis, Sevilla. And Barcelona, those are the four teams that uh, that we would decide to win it. I still think Sevilla is going to win it, in my opinion. Lost to Dinamo Zagreb, though. Yeah, but they always lose to these weird uh, teams in you know the Baltics. That's yeah. their weakness in this competition. There are no more. There are no more Baltic teams here. To be honest, I like Barcelona now. Okay. Like, they have been in incredible form as of late since Xavi has joined. They won 4-2 today to Napoli. They drew 1-1 to Napoli, but they beat 4-1 to Valencia. Beating Atletico 4-2, like, they've been on a run. Even, the, even when they lost to Real Madrid, like, they played very well in that game. So Xavi has... That- so, so much better than that first game where uh, Real Madrid beat them 2-1. Barcelona look like they have an identity now. So I can, I, I can see them sneaking away with uh, the Europa League and, and winning it all. Yeah. It would be tough, of course, because I can see Atalanta. I can see even RB Leipzig has been solid. Uh, I can see, uh, as you mentioned, Sofia. Like, but Barcelona's in solid form, man. Yeah, man, I I would have to agree truthfully. Uh, I, I so who do you want to win? Who do you want to win out of these eight teams? Because Real Betis and uh, and Rangers are officially through now. They're yeah. officially through. Braga Sheriff is now going to extra time. Uh, so Dortmund is officially out. My uh, my parlay of the Betis Zenit and Rangers Dortmund ending in a draw hits. Woo! So. So we made we made a solid amount of money there, uh, but with that being said, Lucas, you know, <laughs> who who do you who do you want to win? I want Atalanta to win. I want Barcelona to win. You're gonna want Barcelona to win, okay? Yeah, because I like Xavi. I I like Xavi is such a soccer mind. Like seeing him win a, a trophy in his first year, not even his first year, his first six months. Man, that's crazy. You know? Like, yeah. especially earlier in the season, I said, when Xavi comes, it's going to be a learning period. That's yeah. a fantastic learning period for them. If I you would tell just, me. You know? I, I agree. I would just love Atalanta to win because I just, uh, I feel like they deserve a trophy. Uh, I, I want them to be in the Champions League next year again to continue to, to build the program that they built. Fun fact about Atalanta before we move on to upcoming fixtures and everything. Uh, they they recently got an investment from uh, an American group that also owns the Boston Celtics. Ooh. So so now uh, I mean although the the uh, 
I believe it's a family that currently owns Atalanta. Although they have controlling interests still, the uh, the group that owns the Celtics has bought like a, a giant share. Uh, so in terms of uh, cash influx, potential profit that Atalanta can make, uh, this could be potentially beneficial for them. You know, a lot of times people look at American owners and they, they're not fond of them, right? Because uh-huh. of the that they have and because they don't understand the culture here Atalanta gets the investment gets these uh you know gets this group who has a history of managing sports in but not total control so this could be something that's super beneficial for them because they still will maintain their culture and there won't really it doesn't seem to me like there will be any real uh hatred or malice towards these owners because of the less than usual impact that they'll have compared to other American owners. Yeah, especially in the Premier League, like American owners are like in in depth into it. But when you look at the City Odd, they aren't as like into the uh, transfers, into everything. Whereas in like you look at the big clubs in the Premier League, like it all goes up to the owners. Whereas the City Odd has actual rules and regulations to make sure that the owners don't have all that power. That yeah. is that I actually didn't know that. So that is very very interesting. Fun fact. Fun so fact. So you want you want Atalanta to win. Yes. But you you probably think Sevilla is still winning. Yes. Sevilla always. Yeah, Sevilla always wins. I want Barcelona to win. I do think Barcelona is going to end up winning, but it also depends on what the fixtures look like in the next round. You're right. I agree again. Uh, we're All pretty right. on here. So should we should we talk about the fixtures? Uh, I want to start with the Prime, Lucas. I'll kick it off to you. Do it. So, uh, yeah, tell me tell me the fixtures that you're interested in uh, this week in the Premier League, right? And talk, let's talk about the standings real quick because uh, we just had a couple of match days uh, replayed for, for some teams that had games in hand this week. And the standings look a little bit more clear than they did before. They do. Uh, I think right now the the tightest picture is actually the title picture. The title picture, we thought two weeks ago was done and dusted. Man City were on to win it all. They're eight points away from Liverpool. Liverpool are creeping up. Man City against Spurs last weekend, where Spurs won in the 90th minute, causing City to not get those three points was massive. Because right now, City are on 63, Liverpool are on 60. The goal differential is very close. For these two teams, it's very close because they both score a lot of goals. Four, point, uh, four goal differential there. Uh, that's, that's very, very shocking, especially because three weeks ago, like I mentioned, we did not expect this whatsoever. No, we thought it was over. We thought it was over, 100%. But uh, yeah. at this point, with the form that both teams are in, we're gearing up for a final day deadline. Final day of like the, the Premier League and it being madness. Yeah. I mean, Liverpool, you have to think about what Liverpool did like when we were having this conversation at the time, right? When we were having this conversation at the time, Man City had won like 15 games in a row. Uh, they had such a high lead. What Liverpool does to answer that is they win nine, of, nine games in a row as well, right? In all competitions. Yeah. 
So for them to do that, right, that that has brought them back into the conversation. Now, I'm not saying that like I'm not saying that, you know, great teams aren't capable of going on runs. But what I am saying is that to have like one team have a massive run and then it's met with another team having a massive run like this, then, uh, you know, that's a little bit more rare. And with Man City, Liverpool, these have been the two best teams for the last like three, four years. And uh, it looks like it's going to be a two-horse race again. It is. And another thing to point out, because when we were first talking about this title race a few weeks back, they didn't have Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah. Now they have both those guys. They have both them healthy. They signed Luis Diaz, who essentially replaces Diogo Jota when Diogo Jota is injured. They have more depth in the squad. It, it's kind of crazy to see, but... I can see Liverpool making a comeback. It'll all come down to Liverpool versus City. That matchup is going to be what decides the champion, the Premier League, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, and, you know, Arsenal, like we said before, they're a point behind Manchester United, two games in hand. Uh, massive, massive comeback for them. The first time they have ever come back from uh, being down at halftime with Mikel Arteta as their manager. That is the first time they've ever done it. They were... Really? Yeah, they had previously drawn four and lost 15 until this game. Yeah, yeah. Crazy, right? They're in a prime position right now to get that fourth spot. They are, for sure. They are. Two games behind United, uh, one point back. Full differential is similar. They are in a very prime position to get into the fourth spot. Uh, If they didn't get the three points today, it would have been a completely different story. But getting the three points, massive for Arsenal. The thing that's crazy too is if they, if they, uh, if they win their game in hand, right. uh, Their one game compared to Chelsea, they're two points behind Chelsea. I mean, granted Chelsea has 20, uh, 20 more uh, goals. Goals differentials like higher, right? It's it's thirty one compared to eleven for them. So even if they end on a tie, it's it's really over for for Arsenal. But that's just kind of like the perspective for how well both Arsenal are doing and how well Manchester United have done uh, since they made their changes at the uh, managerial position. Yeah, I mean United are four points back of Chelsea. If they beat Chelsea. They win the game that they need to win. I mean, anything's possible. You can also see Chelsea get out of it. Uh, like, who who knows? We've seen crazier things, but I doubt it'll happen. Chelsea will probably remain in that third spot. But yeah. the rest of it, Spurs losing to Burnley 1-0 uh, after, yesterday. After beating Manchester City. After beating Manchester City. Like, what? What is going on? They are, and, and after the game, you have Antonio Conte, who's like, essentially saying, I can't win with the, with this team. I cannot do it. I can't, I can't fight for titles. Uh, they're currently in eighth. Uh, Wolves are now in seventh. West Ham are in sixth. Literally, Wolves would have been in fifth place had they won that game, which is a crazy thing. But, I mean, wow. It, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. And then going to the fixtures for this weekend, there are teams that don't have games, so it, it's less of a fixture run compared to last weekend where they had the double match days. I think, uh, I don't know. Uh, there, no game really catches my eye. I would probably say Everton versus Man City. 
because Everton needs the win. They are currently battling for uh, relegation. Yeah. They've only won one in their last five, not even any draws. They've lost four of their last five. About to which be, is about to be five of their last six, baby. <laughs> about to be because City coming off a loss to Spurs, they're gonna come hard. Dude, I mean Everton have been horrible. Uh, yeah. Newcastle and Burnley have shown signs of life. Is it possible that that like Everton gets relegated? Right, like it's crazy to to think. Leeds too has been horrible form. Brentford has been in horrible form. Uh, I mean, I really assume like anyone below Villa right now. Right, Villa's thirteenth. Anyone below Villa right now has a chance of getting relegated, in my opinion. I can see that. I can definitely see that. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I would say anybody above 27 points at the moment is probably very likely to get relegated or has a possibility. But I, I can see Newcastle moving up. Um, I can see Burnley moving up because they have the uh, games in hand. Uh, I would say Watford and Norwich are still going to get relegated. 100%. Those two, but that 18th position, it's anybody's game. All right, with that being said, shall we just uh, maraud around the leagues real quick and just go to La Liga? You go let's to the, do it. Uh, I'll go to the Bundesliga and you'll go to League On and then we'll talk about the matches we like. Perfect. All right, so with uh, La Liga, I'll just hit it up first. Barcelona, Athletic Bilbao, banger of a game. That's Sunday at 3 p.m. And then you have the Andalusia Derby, right? Sevilla versus Real Betis, second versus third. Uh, that's going to be really fun. Real Betis has been in good form. Sevilla has also been in good form, even though they've drawn quite a few games in the league. Uh, I ex- And they just lost to, you know, <laughs> Dynamo Zagreb. But I expect for this to be a good game. It's a derby game, uh, and that matters, right? What that does, though, is that opens a huge advantage for Barcelona because they not only have a game in hand, but they also you know, play Athletic Bilbao. Athletic Bilbao is super tough, eighth in the table. They always play Barcelona tough. They historically have for the past, like, 140 years. Uh, And I expect for this to be, as well, uh, of, like, a tough game where anybody who watches this game is not happy that they watch this game. (laughs) I mean, I I can definitely see that. Yeah. All you, Lucas. Uh, all right, moving on to the study. Uh, there isn't anything that's really eye-popping, pop, uh, eye but there is one uh, fixture, Lazio versus Na- uh, Napoli. Um, with how tight the, fir- the title race is, Napoli needs this victory against Lazio, and Lazio is coming off a victory in the Europa League, moving on, uh, or draw in the Europa League, but still moving on. They have the momentum, and they're at home. That's going to be a very, very tight game for them. Uh, you have Inter playing Genoa and then Milan playing Odinese, who you both expect to win their respective games. But given that it, Serie A has been so unpredictable and it's still a two-point differential between Milan and Inter and Napoli, anything could happen in the game. But the Lazio-Napoli matchup is really the one that catches my eye. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's pretty fair. Honestly, in the Bundesliga, it's kind of... Kind of like the same thing. There's not really anything that catches the eye. Historically great fixtures that are, are, are being played don't really matter anymore because it's just like so much inconsistency in this league, right? 
like teams teams end up bouncing from fourth place to 13th place every other year. In this case, right, uh, I would highlight decent games, Hoffenheim versus VP Stuttgart. Uh, Stuttgart, historically great club, currently in the relegation zone. Hoffenheim are in fifth. Mönchengladbach versus Wolfsburg, 12th versus 13th, right? You would expect them to compete for the Champions League. That's what we thought at the beginning of the year, Lucas. They have been thoroughly disappointing. Uh, it seems like both of their manager appointments were horrible this year. Eintracht Frankfurt, Bayern. Uh, we expect Bayern to obviously win that. Eintracht Frankfurt, another team historically been decent, uh, have been very disappointing this year. And lastly, our boys at Dortmund play against 16th place Augsburg, and I don't even know what's going to happen in this game. I have no idea. Uh, uh, no, they'll probably win like 5 nothing, and then uh, the Dortmund Twitter is going to go crazy because they won 5 nothing, even though they got kicked out of the Europa League from Rangers. Yeah. Like, come on, yeah. man. Come on. You know um, the thing before we go, right? Uh, I want to just do a little test. Okay. So Norwich City, right? Uh, Norwich City, you have Watford, you have Burnley currently at the bottom of the table, right? They have scored 15, 25, 21 goals. Okay. This, I thought, I, I would have thought, right, that the Bundesliga would score more. Uh, and in this case, their, their bottom three have scored more, right? Their bottom three have scored 21, so six more goals uh, for their last place team versus Norwich, 27, right, and 25. So, I mean, okay. I mean, like, if you want goals, right, if you want the over three and a half, and this is, this is going to be maybe a segue to, to our betting, but I should let you talk about League One, the Bundesliga is the way to go. Uh, for sure, the Bundesliga is the way to go when it comes to betting. 100% agree with that because, I mean, you have teams like Dortmund who love to score. You have teams like uh, Bayern who love to score. Uh, realistically, yeah, um, that's actually a solid bet. And I would have definitely done that, but then you just called it out. So I, I may not do that now. Yeah. Um, right, go going to League on, there isn't really anything too exciting going on here. However, I do want to point out last week, PSG lost 3-1 to Nantes. Doesn't make any sense, man. Like, I don't get this league. PSG can go on to have the best game of their life against Real Madrid, and then they lose 3-1 to Nantes. Like, what? What is going on? Um, but this they week... Still have a, they still have a 13-point lead. Which yeah, is crazy. it's crazy. Crazy. Um, this week, they play Saint-Étienne, but the game of the week for Ligue 1 is Lyon versus Lille. Um, that game really is going to be the one that Lyon is in eighth. Lille in the league are not doing well, but they are in the Champions League. They have a strong side. They have strong players on their team. Uh, that's going to be the one to battle for that top four, essentially. Lucas, how do you feel about, like, Fogo de Chao? Have you ever eaten at a Portuguese steakhouse before? I have not. Okay. So then we will not be covering the Primera Liga. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I want to get into our last bet, our last section of our podcast, right? Our bets for the weekend. So, Lucas, we have been very, very successful. I will say that. Really? I hit two. I, had, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm up like $300, but <laughs> that's mostly because of the parlay that I hit. In terms of our bets for 
for what we've cashed, right? I don't know if you kept track of what you had, but I was two of three last week. Uh, I think I was one of three. Last week was not a good week for me. No, but it's okay. It happens, right? As long as it, the 0 for 3 is the most demoralizing. If you get one, right, like there's one or two that could have gone the other way. So you're, you're still in it. It's just a couple of runs. But overall, right, we are, we are above 50%. I think we're around 60% for the third week that we've done this. This is week four now, right? So uh, I want to talk about our bets for the weekend. And I want to ask you, because I haven't decided what I'm going to put in. Do you have an idea? Do you want to go first? I do have an idea. And let me tell you, the first thing is a game that we actually didn't talk about. Okay. It is the EFL Cup, which is this weekend. It's the final. It is Liverpool versus Chelsea. Liverpool are on an insane run at the moment. They beat Leeds 6-0. They uh, beat Norwich 3-1. Chelsea, yes, they won 2 nothing in the Champions League. But whenever you have a chance to get Liverpool plus money, you take that chance. So I am going Liverpool money line plus 135 in the EFL Cup against Chelsea. Very good bet. Uh, that was my I to- first one. Yeah, I totally support that for sure. I think in terms of the – oh, this is juicy, right? So Real Madrid uh, is a minus 150 over Rio Vallecano. So that's very tempting. I'll, I'll think about that. I'll get back to that. Uh, I really have... I really have <laughs> the uh, Barcelona Athletic go bow line, right? So I really like the under two and a half goals here. Uh, okay. Under, the under is minus 105. They typically do not score against each other. So I think I might just lock that in as my bet. That and then also, you know, like the draw at plus 310 is very tempting to me. So I could go either of those, but I think I'll go under two and a half here. I like it. I like it. My second one, actually my second and my, and my third one are two goal scorers. So okay. my, my first one is... Uh, Youngman's son, anytime goal scorer at plus one thirty-five. Uh, I don't know. Youngman's son, he essentially has has been in he hasn't been in the best form, but he needs to break that streak. You know, he's due. I hate to say like he's due in any betting, but like he's due. Uh, and my second one is tied to that Dortmund game that you called out. Marco Royce, anytime goal scorer, plus one thirty. I saw Erling Holland was minus 270, but he's currently injured. So I don't know why anybody would bet that. But Marco Royce plus 130. Uh, I personally really like that play. Uh, I like it too. I have Man City over Everton. Uh, well, obviously over Everton, but I have Man City, Everton over three and a half goals. Uh, Ooh, I like that. Plus 140, right? Manchester City just lost to Tottenham. They just lost to Tottenham. Yeah. Right. Everton can't do anything to save their lives. I don't care if Frank Lampard is the manager. I don't care if Benitez is the manager. I don't care if, uh, God bless his heart, Jesus is the manager. They are losing this game. And they're going to lose by a lot. And that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. I think that's an easy lock, in my opinion. So, and you get plus odds uh, for something you typically would not. So I like Man City over Everton plus three and a half. Uh, 
Uh, I, mean, I also like Riyad Mahrez to score. Riyad Mahrez, any of those guys. If you want to, whoever your gut instinct is, wait for the starting lineup to come out on Saturday morning and see who is starting for City. If it's Riyad yes. Mahrez, Raheem Sterling, Gabriel Jesus, or Phil Foden, whichever one, put in a bet for them. Plus 165 for Phil Foden is great odds. I don't know why Liam Delap is plus I, 115. I, I, Literally going to just say that. Why is he plus one fifteen? And you know what? We're speaking of Liam Delap, right? Can I look up? Can I look up the boys at Bayern and see the odds for our boy Sabitzer and see if he's on here? It's plus one oh five still. Like is what? he really? Yes, I checked. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> that is like, I don't know who bets this. Who? Like I said, like I said, I mean, crazy. Just crazy to me. It was a bet but at to the same, say he wouldn't score, uh, do it every time. Right, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I mean, you have some tempting ones, right? The over three and a half goals for Dortmund, Augsburg. Uh, anytime goal scorer, you also said Marco Royce, right? Yes. I mean, I want to see. Is like Ricardo Pepe uh, hurt? He's plus uh, two seven. Does he get his first goal against Dortmund? I don't know. But, I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, but I, I like uh you know what? I'll just I like I like Bayern Munich more. But I hate Augsburg. I don't know. Either of those two, if you do over three and a half goals, I'm just gonna go with the one that gives you better odds. So Dortmund Augsburg is plus one twenty four for over three and uh three and a half, right? And then Dortmund Eintracht Frankfurt is minus one twelve. So I guess because of that, I'll go Dortmund Augsburg over three and a half. I like that. I was gonna say that too. Yeah. What is the? Um, I I know we're we're just boiling. Our correct scores did not go well. They did not week. go well whatsoever. But it's okay. We only lost three four dollars on that each. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'll take that every single time. Do you think that? Do you think that you have a good corners bet? Right, because you love Man City corners. I mean, any if you want Man City corners every single week at over 10, do it. They always get so many opportunities, and this keeper will always save them, and then it'll go out for a corner. Unless it's a game that it's like a tight game, like a Liverpool or whatever, if, if you know City are going to dominate, always bet the over 10 corners. Yeah, I mean, look, look, you have you have ten and a half at over uh, minus one thirteen. That's also a good bet. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, I just expect thorough domination for Manchester City. Those are our locks of the week, right? Uh, the last thing I always like to do before we go, Lucas, is I'm just going to scroll through to see what the people of Reddit Soccer are saying about life. I like and, it. And yeah, I mean, do you want to touch like a lot of people are coming out protesting against what's going on uh with Russia and Ukraine. We totally support that. You know, our both of us like have it, had our people historical experience stuff like this. So we hate to see that happen to other people. But yeah. it seems like that also dipped uh in the soccer world, right? And 
the one thing I want to lead to with that, right, is they have decided to move the Champions League out of Russia, the final, right? Yes. Uh, I think ultimately the correct decision. 100%. I, I do wish uh, I do wish they, they did something similar when uh, Arsenal and Chelsea played in Baku because that final was uh, kind of a disaster, right? But totally different circumstances in terms of what's going on in the world, right? There, there is the potential of war between those two, and and you know we can only hope that uh, some change happens, and and yeah, ultimately the right call for the safety of the players, for what potentially may happen to to any of them if you know Zinchenko, for example, was to end up there with Man- Manchester City. Uh, I think ultimately the right call, and hopefully uh, things will calm down, and maybe the people of Russia can have a final again like they did in Moscow however many years ago. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, It's sad scenes what's going on right now, but for sure it's the right move from the Champions League. uh, You have to give credit to all the players that are going out and speaking against Russia. Even the Russian captain came out on a post and said, no war, no war. Uh, You have the Ukrainian players saying, we stand with Ukraine. You have other players that aren't uh, Ukrainian. We stand with Ukraine. Uh, Napoli and Barcelona came out today and they had a huge banner. They held it together and they said no war. Um, those are the things that you love to see from uh, a sporting perspective. But there are bigger things than, than what's going on in the, in the soccer world. Uh, it, it's dangerous times for everybody in the Ukraine. Dangerous times for people in, uh, around the Eastern European countries. Because literally, they don't know if they can wake up. They will wake up up the next day. Um, all, all you can do is uh, say prayers for uh, Ukraine and pray for uh, Russia to also stop the attacks that they're doing. Um, that, that's all I have to say on the matter, Nick. But uh, from a soccer perspective, 100% Champions League not being in Russia is a huge thing. And then also uh, Chelsea's owner, Roman Abramovich, uh, it's been reported that he's going to have his assets seized by the UK government as a form to get uh, the Russian government to like stop. And there have been teams that have come out, Schalke specifically, uh, and they stopped uh, putting their sponsor, which is a Russian-owned company, uh, on their jerseys, which you love to see that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, in a in a time right, like people would uh, don't like to mix politics and sports and stuff. We just touch on it because it's important. It's a huge thing impacting the the world, especially the soccer world. So we could not go without speaking on it. And uh, yeah, we can only we can only pray for for those uh, involved in Ukraine. But on that note, the one thing that people all over the world have in common, Lucas, is that they enjoy techers. Yes, sir. Yes. Enjoy them, techers, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, I, I love that. I love that. I just enjoy the soccer. Just always. One world united under good techers. Yes, I love that. Wow. That should be our <laughs> saying. We should make a song. That should be the intro song. One world united under great techers. Oh, I love it. What a, all right. Got to end the episode that way. That was too perfect. That was way too perfect. Have a good one, everybody. Lucas, I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. Enjoy it.